Thank you, Jeff. Hey, camp is, uh... Kyle, could you turn the lights back up so I can see my notes? Thank you. Um, um, camp is a great, it's a really important thing for us to get as many of our kids to go to as possible. I, I met Christ at a camp in, before my senior year of high school, and it's, a, it's so important and crucial to get as many of our students to go. So, again, if you're um, a junior high or high school parent, encourage your kids to go. If you know junior high or high school kids, encourage them to, to go. So really crucial. Hey, uh, one thing I want to just point out before, uh, if you haven't yet, go up and visit our uh, classrooms because they've been redone, and they really look beautiful. So the Buildings and Ground Mission Community with uh, Rick Hartman, a Rich White, uh, Craig, um, we, we actually hired a group to come in, someone to do this, but they're beautiful, beautiful um, so go up and see them. They're really great. So I encourage you to do that. Yeah, you can give a... They look really good. And I don't think there's going to be like varmints living underneath them anymore. So that'll be... We've tried to do that. So it's good. Hey, uh, one thing I'd ask... You know, we're doing a series on prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray for me, if you would. I have been asked uh, to speak at Claremont's baccalaureate service. So that is coming up. It is a week from today. It's next uh, Sunday evening. It is put on by the interfaith community of Claremont. So it is a baccalaureate service held in a church, big church down in the village. But it's all faiths. It's uh, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, I suppose atheist. I don't know if you have a baccalaureate service. But just pray for me. That I, that, so here's my, my request for you to pray. Pray that I really honor Jesus. That is what I want to have. But pray that I don't uh, offend anybody too much. And then pray, ultimately, that I don't embarrass my son, okay? So, <laughs> so those are the three. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I am excited to have a chance to 10 minutes. I mean, how much damage can I do in 10 minutes? But, um, <laughs> but in 10 minutes to really um, encourage the students of Claremont High School as they get ready to graduate. So, good. You know what? Um, sure. Sure, we can pray right now. Bobby, you want to pray for me? That'd be great. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Into the mic, even. Oh, boy. Now you're not so sure, huh? Let's pray. Lord, we just bring Don before you and thank you for this awesome blessing that you have brought for him this time where he gets to represent you and be a light. And so we just pray that you will give him all the words to speak, but most importantly, that you will give him your peace to know that you tell us not to worry about the words, that the Holy Spirit will give us those words to speak. And so we just trust that your spirit will be there with him. And then we pray that you calm any nerves that he might have about embarrassing his son or inadvertently in his desire to share his love for you to offend someone else. So we just pray that everyone there will hear the message of love that Don will be bringing, the message of salvation, the message of hope. Mm -hmm. And we just trust God that his words will penetrate their soul deeply, that they will be touched even when they don't know why, mm -hmm. but that they will go la away later and think about those words. And again, we just pray for your peace and your grace and your mercy to be upon Don, and we thank you again that you have seen him as a good and faithful servant fitting for this opportunity. Mm. And we pray in your holy and precious name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you for indulging.
Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're going to have a chance later on to pray for people too, so that's a good beginning here. So we are, we're halfway through the sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, really, the way it's recorded in Matthew, we're exactly halfway. There's been three sort of petitions in the front, and there'll be three more that we will look at, one today and two coming up in the next couple weeks. And so um, the beginning of the Lord's Prayer is all focused on God, right? It's uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's kind of the first phrases of that, of that beginning. And uh, that's all focused on who God is. It's all focused on this is who God is, and it's a focus on, yeah, you can put the next that slide up, I think. There we go. Um, our Father in heaven, right? So it's all about this is who God is. It's all focused on him, and it's so important to begin our prayers this way. It's so important for us to remember who we are praying to and his qualities and his goodness and his greatness. Um, one of the commentators I read this week said, if, if we have to know who we are addressing our prayers to. And if we don't address our prayers to God, that ultimately sometimes what we pray is actually just worrying out loud. But you have to begin with, this is who God is. And it's only when I have this straight can I then move on to my own needs. Only when I realize who I am praying to, his qualities, what that I am praying for his will in my life, I'm praying for his kingdom to be known here on earth, then I can move on to these are my requests, Lord. This is what I need to pray for as I look into my own life, into the life of the world. And again, if we don't have this straight, then sometimes our prayers can become so self-focused. But when we begin with focusing on this is who God is, and we understand that, then our prayers can come out of a really important place. Prayer is really crucial for my own growth and knowledge of who God is. I'm reminded that God is my Father in heaven and that his name is to be hallowed and that his kingdom is to come and his will is to be done. I have to know who God is. And today, we'll know God by a name that's called Jehovah Jireh. Not a great name. Jehovah Jireh. It comes from the Old Testament. What it really means is that the Lord is who one who provides. It literally means the Lord who sees or the Lord who will see to it. This uh, phrase, Jehovah Jireh, comes from the Old Testament event of um, Abraham as Abraham is, is asked to um, sacrifice his own son, um, Isaac. You might remember this. And as they go up, they take some servants with them and they get to the base of a mountain and um, Abraham says, servants, you guys stay here and the, um, Isaac and I will continue. And as they continue to walk, Isaac goes, well, I see we've got wood and we've got fire, but we don't have anything to sacrifice. And Abraham says, you know what? God will provide. And then God provides a ram in the thicket and that is the sacrifice. But it's a God, I love this idea that it's a God who sees me, who sees what I'm going through and knows how to provide in the midst of that. 
That's going to be crucial for us to remember that is who we come to. That's the God we come to. So we get to this phrase in, in the uh, Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. What are we praying for when we pray this? This is something that has been prayed for often, right? As, again, I learned this as a kid. You just kind of say it, just kind of go through it. But when we take time to pause and ask ourselves, what am I really praying for when I pray this way? Lord, give us this day our daily bread. And I think on the sermon notes, if you want to take notes, I have four little dots. We're only going to have three of them, but that, these are kind of three things I came up with. And this is how we're praying when we pray this way. The first thing is really important. We, are pray, we pray trusting our Heavenly Father will provide for us. That's who we're praying. We're praying that God will be the one who provides. Again, it's this idea that God is the one who sees me, the God who knows where I am, who knows what's going on, and I come before my God, my Father, and I say, Lord, give me what I need for today. Psalm 145 uh, it's a beautiful psalm that talks about this. It says, The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all that he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Isn't that a beautiful picture of our God? That everyone looks to him and says, Lord, we're waiting for you to provide. And he opens his hand and gives to those who are in need. As I was reading uh, this week and talking about different ways that God provides, I came across this really beautiful story of Charles Fuller. Uh, he's the founder of Fuller Seminary, uh, which right now is in the process of moving from Pasadena to Pomona. So it'll be pretty interesting to see how that influences this area to have Fuller Seminary in Pomona. Um, I have a picture of him, I think. There he is. That's Charles Fuller. And he, um, he, was, uh, he was growing oranges, basically, and felt called by the Lord to start a radio ministry. And so he started a radio ministry in 1929, and for the first three years or so, it was a terrible struggle. It was very difficult. It was hard financially, it was hard health-wise, it was hard on his family, and they were really struggling. And then finally, one day, he found, he was, and the other thing, it was difficult to get time on the radio. There just were radio stations that didn't want to do religious programming, even back then. But KNX here in Los Angeles said, we've got a Sunday night slot that you can have. You can pay for it, but you can have it. And so he did. And he was doing pretty well for a few weeks, and they were going to expand on the whole West Coast, and he thought this could be the chance. But it was expensive to have the radio show on KNX. And I read this in a book that his grandson wrote. It says, but one Thursday, it looked like he had made a mistake. People had told him, it's too expensive, you can't afford this, but he kept going. The next day, he owed KNX Radio $500, or he would need to cancel Sunday's broadcast. But he only had $350. So he sat there, eyeing the phone, wondering if he should make the call to cancel. Finally, with great regret, he decided to make the call. But just as he reached for the phone, it rang. A dentist friend who had come to faith through the radio broadcast was calling. His first words were, Charlie, do you need any money? And Charles Fuller was shocked and answered, yes, I do. The dentist responded, well then... 
Come over and see me. So Fuller drove to the dentist's home. When he got there, the dentist asked him how much he needed. He answered, $150. The dentist turned to his wife with a stunned look on his face. He pulled from his pocket a check he had already made out to Fuller for exactly $150. And the dentist explained what had happened. He said his wife had woke him up the previous night and said, we must give Charles Fuller $150 tomorrow. But the dentist explained to his wife that they only had $25 in the bank. But she insisted, I don't care, we've got to do it. He didn't know what to say, so he suggested they talk about it the next day, and they went back to sleep. The next morning, he went to his dental office as usual. While he was there, a patient unexpectedly arrived and it said he had come to pay his overdue dental bill, which was for $800. When the bill was paid, the dentist immediately wrote a check for $150 to Charles Fuller. Then he drove home to tell his wife what had happened, and he called Fuller to have him come over without knowing anything about how close he was to canceling his time slot on KNX Radio. Does God really provide like that? Yeah. Can the Holy Spirit speak to a woman who's sleeping and say, you guys need to give $150 to Charles Fuller even though you only have $25 in the bank? Yes. Many of us, Nancy and I included, have experienced this type, maybe not to this degree, but this type of provision from God. That God just comes out of nowhere and God just provides what we need. This is partially what we pray for when we pray Give us this day our daily bread. God can provide this way. Most of the time, honestly, though, it's less shocking than this. Dale Bruner, who wrote a commentary on Matthew, writes this about how, what we're praying for when we pray for daily bread. He says, bread costs money. Money requires work. Work requires good government, good business, and good labor. Thus, as Martin Luther especially taught, when we pray for bread, we are praying at the same time for everything necessary for the preservation of this life, like food and healthy body, good weather, house, home, wife, children, good government, and peace, and that God may preserve us from all sorts of calamities, sickness, pestilence, hard times, war, revolution, and the like. That when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're saying, Lord, create the atmosphere, create the culture, create whatever is needed so that I can have what I need to purchase what I need for myself, the bread, the necessity that I need. That God does it both ways. And we live in a country where we are so, so blessed to be able to, more times than not, all of us in this room probably can buy what we need because we live in this country and because that we're praying that, Lord, you would continue to create this atmosphere. But God can come through at those times where we just don't know where it's going to come from. And both ways we realize that this is from every opportunity it comes from God. There was a, um, one of the verses I put on the back of the sermon notes I didn't put in the PowerPoint, but it's from James 1, 16 and 17. It says, uh, don't be deceived, dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. That every gift we have is from God. Whether that's a job, whether that's a place to live like this, whether it's $150 out of the blue, whatever it might be, God gives us what we need.
we have to realize that everything comes from him. So when we pray that way, we're praying, God, I'm trusting that you will provide. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm trusting that you will. The second thing we pray when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, is that we are praying for moderation. A friend of mine reminded me that we pray for bread, not cake. This is more about what I need as opposed to what I want. And this is where we can get really mixed up sometimes. What's a need? What's a want? What's a need? What's a want? Like recently in my own, I've become kind of frustrated at my house because um, when, for whatever reason, the people before us, they redid our bathroom, but they put only one, one sink. And so I, one of the great things I've ever done home improvement is I hung a mirror right there. You know how hard it is to hang mirrors when it's like two sides you have to get? I was just so proud of myself. It's right there. But what I've realized more and more is that Nancy and I are getting ready at the same time in the mornings now. And it's really, really difficult as I'm shaving and she's coming in and doing that stuff with her eyebrow that she does and brushing her teeth. And it might, it's like, man, it'd be nice to have two sinks. Is that a need or a want? It's not a need, okay? It's a want. But we get so mixed up oftentimes in our needs and our wants. And what we are praying for when we come to the Lord and say, give us today our daily bread, is we are praying for our needs. Proverbs 30 is a really, really interesting section that says this. It says, um, two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Isn't that a great verse? It ties in so much with the Lord's Prayer. So much of the same phrasing is used there. We don't want to dishonor the name of the Lord. His name is to be hallowed. We want just our daily bread. Don't give me too much... Uh, in the study guide this week and what we did in core groups looked at um, Deuteronomy 8 and talked about how the people of God, when they, got, when they got comfortable and when they had a lot and they built their own homes and all that stuff, they forgot about God. They forgot their need for him. They forgot that he was the one that had provided this for them. So when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're praying, Lord, give me what I need. Don't give me too much. We have to be reminded, though, the commentator said that praying for daily bread, it doesn't condemn making provision for the future also. That there's lots of scriptures that talk about how we are to have planning and saving and things like that. But what we are praying is to not be anxious about the future as if there were no heavenly father. We are being reminded that everything we are given by, is from God and that we take good care of it and we plan well with it but we're really praying, Lord, give me what I need. So we pray knowing that this is all from God and, being, uh, and trusting that he'll give it to us. We pray for moderation. Then the final point is this, that we, we pray with thankfulness and generosity. Again, from the study guide this week, uh, there's a quote from N.T. Wright. I thought it was great. It says, uh, in this fra- phrase of the Lord's Prayer, we have moved from a focus on God's activity active agenda to our own needs. However, 
we must, of course, lift our eyes beyond our own needs. We should see ourselves, as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, as part of the wider Christian family standing alongside the hungry and praying in that sense on their behalf. Right? That the Lord's Prayer is all about community, right? It's, it's our Father, not my Father. It's give us this day our daily bread. Don't give me. So, so much of it is in a wider context, and it's interesting to think, when we're praying, give us this day our daily bread, who are we praying for? Is it just the people I'm sitting in a circle with as I'm praying, or is it much wider than that? Am I praying for the world? This is a communal prayer. Those of us who have never gone hungry will rarely be able to prayer this petition without being grateful and immediately say thank you. Give us this day our daily bread, Lord, and thank you how well you've done for me, how you've met my every need. And we should also pray this petition, as one commentator said at the end, and say, and I'm very sorry, Lord, for those that don't have what they need. William Barclay uh, writes this. He says, no Christian can be content to have too much while others have too little. Isn't that great? We should never be too content when we have too much, when others have so little. And so when we are praying this, we are praying for the world, I would say, honestly. We're praying for the seven billion people on this earth, and the one billion who are hungry. It should cause us a little bit of tension in terms of, gosh, what does this do for me? What does this mean in terms of how I should live my life? Yes, Lord, give me today what I need, my daily bread, but Lord, you've been so good to me, and I have so much. What can I do? How can I help my neighbor? How can I help the world? Whatever it can be. There's no doubt that when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, and in terms of Jesus, Jesus is talking about our physical needs. That the one who would feed 5,000 with a couple fish and some loaves is concerned about feeding the world. He's concerned about meeting our individual needs, but also the needs of the world that is all around us. And so it is definitely a prayer for physical bread, but you also... When you, when you talk about your daily bread, it's you also there's a spiritual side to this too that we can talk about. Spiritual bread, right? When Jesus was tempted in the desert, the devil came to him and said, hey, and he, was, he, was, he had fasted for 40 days. It says he's hungry. The devil comes and said, hey, turn these stones into bread. And then Jesus responds by saying, a man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That the word of God is our daily bread. We have a, a little resource. I don't even know if you know this. We get these every three months. There's three daily bread. And it's all about the word of God. And so part of what you pray, when you pray, give us this day our daily bread, you are asking God to provide his word for you. Yes, give me physically what I need. Give me everything that I need in terms of the living the life I have. But also, Lord, may your daily bread, your word, fill me in such a way. In John 6, Jesus is talking to a group of people, and he says this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
Whoever believes in me will never be hungry, who will never be thirsty, not physically, but spiritually. That when we come to him, he will meet our needs. So this is a, this one little line, seven words. We're saying so much when we say, give us this day our daily bread. We can't go through it quickly. It should cause you to really think about your own life and the people around you and the world even. And so I want us to end by taking a moment just to go through what we've studied and what we've looked at already. And we will at the end then, I hope, be prepared to take communion and that you will experience Jesus as the bread of life as we take communion. So we're going to go through the first three or four lines of this prayer slowly. And... Um, and I'll just lead us through it. So let's pray together. 